Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic. Found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Sebastian Maniscalco met Pat McGann in the early 2010s, when Maniscalco was headlining Zanies in Chicago, and McGann was the house MC. They eventually became friends and working partners, with McGann warming up the audience for Maniscalco's Showtime special, which taped in Chicago, and then traveling with Sebastian on the road for the past several years as his opener or feature act. All while Maniscalco's star rose to include arenas such as Madison Square Garden and roles in major motion pictures. In July 2020, Sebastian paid it forward for McGann, executive producing and introducing McGann for his first solo hour, Sebastian Maniscalco presents Pat McGann. When's mom going to be home? It's available for rent or purchase online now. Sebastian and Pat sat down with me on Zoom to talk about the working relationships between headliners and features and how their own career paths came together. So let's get to it. Well, Pat and Sebastian, thank you so much for, for joining me together. Um, it's not often you get to see both the, um, the headliner and the, the middle act, the feature act, who is now the headliner, together. And um, so thank you both for joining me here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. And congrats on the special, Pat. Uh, <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You know, last things first, you know, in his introduction for you, Sebastian gives his side of the story of how you guys met at Zany's in Chicago. What's your side of the story? Yeah, so he, um, I met him on the street and just went up and introduced myself like, hey, I'm hosting your show tonight. And he probably thought I was insane, <laughs> but I was indeed hosting a show and I just recognized him. Uh, but yeah, met during um, my days as house MC at Zany's. Sebastian was like getting a ton of heat at that time selling out comedy clubs and I kind of connected with him like right as he was taken off and uh got to see him start doing the theaters and bigger theaters and arenas so the uh being asked to be his opener was you know certainly lucked out how much time did it take between that first night hosting for him to then becoming like a regular feature on the road with him that's probably six seven years that I would see him um, kind of randomly when he came through Chicago, open for him when he did a Showtime special here. We connected on a corporate gig. We did one out at a casino in New Buffalo. So we would cross paths a lot. It was, you know, it was, it was always like a good experience. And I think we just kind of always, you know, he, he kept giving me some opportunities. But it wasn't like an instant, oh, yeah, I need this guy to, to be warming up the crowds for me immediately, no. right? With headlining, um, the way I look at it is you have to start making some really good money to then take someone on the road with you because there's an expense in that. So at the time Pat and I met, I was in no position to start flying people around and putting them up in hotels and giving them money because I was kind of just – not, I wasn't barely making it, just the, the, the business didn't really allow for that expense. So it took some time for me to get to a point where I could then start hiring 
whether it be a road manager, a production designer, an opening act, security, that all kind of comes with time. So it's not the fact that Pat wasn't good enough. I just couldn't afford him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, that's true too. I mean, when I first started, it was just uh, a tour manager and, uh, and me. And then when we came home in March, it was uh, by that point, it really swollen to like a, a big tour. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of my audience at the comics comic is, you know, there's, there's new comedians, there's comedy fans who, th who are thinking about getting into comedy. And a lot of times, you know, they just want all the answers immediately. I don't know if, if that's how either one of you were when you first got into stand-up but there's all these steps that you have to take like even just becoming the house mc at zany's is probably a process yeah i think i um i really lucked out there because they weren't doing house mcs and it was something they had done like years before and then they went back to that model and um i think it's a good model i've, I've always kind of turned me into a host snob like you go to clubs and the host is launching immediately into material they don't have the intros the names like they're just the most inexperienced and a lot of clubs i think would be would benefit from a house mc program you know let it let someone host for a month let someone host for you know and you still want to give other comics stage time but um i always thought that that was a good a, a thing that zanies did that that made their club stronger than others and then did, did Zanies also book the middles or was it usually the headliners? They usually book the middles. So how, usually, much of a, yeah. how much of a process was it to get from MC to middle there? Um, it was there, you know, at Zanies, the whole, you, you, you almost want to go from house MC to headliner. I, I, I never really middled Zanies. I would just uh, middle other clubs go on the road and then whenever I worked in Chicago, I was either house MC and then I would start, then I started closing. Okay. And then Sebastian, you, you already mentioned uh, earlier that, that for a while you didn't, you didn't have the money to, to bring them your own middles around. Um, did you have any time in Chicago before going to LA or what was your. No, I, I, uh, I didn't do a lot of comedy at all. I, I studied at Second City in their program, uh, improv, uh, shortly after I graduated college. And then uh, I also did a um, dinner theater show in Chicago called uh, Joey and Mary's Irish-Italian Comedy Wedding, which I played the best man, Gino Capoli. Uh, I, I bet you were a great best man. <laughs> Is there footage yeah. of this anywhere? What's that? Do you have footage of this anywhere? I don't know if I got footage. I do have photos. Uh, it was so similar to Tony and Tina's, but with an Irish twist. And uh, that was my first kind of uh, show that allowed me to kind of just do some improv and goof around with audience and do some crowd work within a crowd. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, that's the only thing I really did in Chicago and then I moved out to LA when I was 24 years old I graduated Northern Illinois University in 1995 and then moved out here in 1998 so who were you studying with in, in Second City who's still in the business now who was I studying with God what is his name he was in my class he did <laughs> a lot of acting work 
it will come to me by the end of this video. Okay, but it, uh, it, it's funny that you were at Second City, which is you know just a couple blocks away from Zanies, but it didn't cross your mind then at the time. Well, you know, I meant I, I did comedy once when I was in uh, I think it was a sophomore in college. I had won a contest for the mm-hmm. national headliner to come and open up for him, and I won the contest. Did the comedy tanked, awful, booed. It was not a good experience. But ironically enough, <laughs> when I was in Cleveland, Ohio, headlining a club, I think this was, it had to be around 2014, the guy I opened up for in college was the middle act for me in, <laughs> in Cleveland. So uh, it's, I, didn't, I, didn't tell him, I didn't tell him that, but uh, it was just funny how uh, it all worked out. Um, but yeah, um, Second City, it, it, stand-up comedy wasn't something that I did in Chicago. I, I did it out here in L.A. Who, who, who was the person for you when you were first starting out who, who gave you a shot on the road? Was there, was there one person or a couple people? Well, I used to open up for a lot of, um, a lot of R&B acts. Uh, uh, on the road because my agency at the time represented a lot of musicians. So I was uh, of the mindset that whatever you got on the road, because I was waiting tables at the time, I go, whatever you got, just just give me some work. I want to go and do comedy and, and, and make some scratch, just opening up for acts or what have you. So they put me with B.B. King, Gladys Knight, a lot of people like that. Um, and then the big break, I think, for me was was Vince Vaughn's Wild West comedy show, which uh, Vince Vaughn took four unknown comedians on the road, 30 days, 30 nights. We made a documentary out of it. We filmed it in 2005. It aired in 2008. And uh, that kind of was my springboard to start headlining comedy clubs. Because I know, it, you know, in the special for Pat, you know, you mentioned about how important you feel like it is for, for the headliner to give back and help that next, that next guy or gal up the ladder. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice when, you know, I, I know how nice it was for Vince to kind of stick out his neck for me and, and put his name on the line for people that he really believed in. And I, uh, being introduced to that in an early stage of my career, I always file that in the back of my head where if I ever have the opportunity and I really, enjoy the individual's work that I would do the same for them. And it's, you know, Pat is, is an easy fit for me in regards to just a great comedian that hadn't had the opportunity to kind of flourish just yet, just because he's, no one really knows who he is. Uh, my fans do, but you know, the rest of the world needs a, a sneak peek into what Pat's doing. And hopefully after the special airs and it gets some traction, he could go, uh, on on his own and get out of my fucking hair. <laughs> <laughs> How long has he been in your hair? You know, I don't know. It changes every every interview. I I, I started with saying that Pat's <laughs> Pat's been with me for four years on the road, but I don't know. According to Pat, I think it's two or three years. He would know better than no. I it might be it might be four at this point. All I know is I still want to do the arenas. <laughs> Give me a mind for the arenas. <laughs> Still available. That's that's worried about he's gonna lose a job, but I, I don't I don't have anybody in second position just yet to to fulfill Pat's big shoes. You know, it's a, I don't wanna just take 
anybody on the road. They really have to kind of not only be funny, but then the second half of this, and your audience would appreciate this, is you've got to be able to travel with someone. They have to be an easy travel partner. You don't want some guy knocking on your door going, hey, man, you want to do some pot? You know, like, I don't, it's not, not kind of how we are. Our, our, uh, our interests fly in more like sports and Netflix and what documentary did you see? That, <laughs> let's go out to a nightclub till four o'clock in the morning. Well, you, you guys are both married with kids too, so that's a different. Yeah, it's, it's just we're, we're at different stages in our lives. Maybe when we were in our early 20s, that would have looked appealing, but I don't know. I, I'm speaking for, for Pat here. After the show, we're kind of like, uh, let's go take a nap. It's like, yeah, you know, some people on the tour. And Pat, Pat goes out more than I do. Mm-hmm. I, I got caught in the, in the habit of going out, not, not partying, just we'd go out at midnight for like a full dinner, like steak and potatoes and like, and then, then go to sleep <laughs> and, then, and then wake up 17 pounds heavier. So <laughs> that really doesn't do well, bode well on the road. But, but you guys but, are, you guys are still kind of travel buddies though. It's not just, you have yeah, to. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we're places. coming from different cities. We travel, like I'll travel, we travel together in between towns if we're doing multiple city runs. So we get some time together. I give Sebastian his space. You know, I, um, I see how focused he is. One thing I've picked up being with the, uh, Sebastian on the road is really seeing the business side of it. You know, I kind of was like, oh, I'm funny. I'm going to be a smart ass. And this is a hot, you know. And then it was like, no, this is, I got a family. I'm making a living and I need to climb. And Sebastian will push me to flip material and push new stuff out. So it was, um, you know, kind of where I had Zanies, the House MC years, to develop this, like, crowd work and comfort on stage. The opening act for Sebastian, I was forced to develop material because I'm not doing any crowd stuff. And I'm not, you know, I don't, there's rules, I think, as an opener um, that you have to acknowledge. And uh, I've always tried to be respectful of that. And, you know, I'm just happy to be there. So considering you joined up with him when he did his first Showtime special, you're not about to take credit for his skyrocketing success and <laughs> into arenas and Academy Award winning movies and chewing up. The no, but it is, uh, and that's not it all. Is, that's it, all the Pat McGann <laughs> op- <laughs> warm up. It is pretty cool to say, you know, you know, De Niro's out there in the fifth row. You know, we, it was really that was kind of becoming consistent. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, pretty cool people were coming out to see Sebastian. And uh, I got more of a kick out of it than he did sometimes. <laughs> I was like, nerd out, like, Coach K's out there. Can we bring him back? <laughs> He's like, all right, settle down. <laughs> what's it? Brian what's it? Regan, we met Brian yeah. Regan in Vegas. He came to see Sebastian. That was cool. Um, so I, I love that part of it, too. I know I've seen Seinfeld in the seats for one of the specials. I remember camera cut. The I hand. know. So I have not. He comes to see Sebastian, but I have never been there when he came to see Sebastian. Um, which, believe me, I've looked for him when I when I, when I thought he might be around. What's it What's it like for you, Pat, when when Sebastian's doing an arena and you're thrown up there first? Oh, I mean, it's incredible. You know, the first time I did it, I was you know borderline petrified. Um, 
the biggest adjustment for me is I'm not physical and Sebastian is able to fill that space so differently. And he likes to do it in the round, which I think is the best way to do an arena too, because you can kind of still be as intimate as possible. So that was, that was an adjustment, you know, doing it in the round and then the time for it to, but I also like, I love it. It's, it's amazing. It's, there's nothing like it. Well, and what's the conversation between the two of you like leading up to actually green lighting production of the special? Was there, no. were there years where you were like, I think I'm ready. And Sebastian's like, no, no, give it another year. Well, uh, Pat came out to LA I, again, my years are off, but this has to be a two years ago to kind of run an hour of material. Cause we never really seen Pat do an hour. We've, we've seen chunks and we never really seen it all together. So he came out and did a set at the improv and it was funny, but it wasn't, uh, developed enough to make a special out of it. And, you know, we were up front with Pat and said, listen, it still needs some work. Um, and, you know, I think Pat agreed. It wasn't like, he wasn't like, no, I'm ready now. It, Pat, Pat, like, yeah, no, it, it needs some work. And he, he did a good 10 to 13 minutes more, I think, of solid material. Not that the material was bad. It was just one of those things where, just need to kind of curate the set and, and, and pick out some um, spots where, where we could, we could put some really good material and, and to his credit really worked on, it, it was like, a I don't know if a light went off in Pat's head where it's like, all right, I, I you know, I'm going to start really writing now. I don't know if he was that serious about it before, but I think, I don't know. I've seen in a, an exponential growth, in Pat's material as far as writing new stuff, you know, like uh, I think sometimes and, and myself included, you get complacent and you're like, eh, I'm just going to do my act. I'm going to go out and do my 20, do my hour and then go on to the next. And, and then I think a lot of comedians get in that, in that wheelhouse and then they don't realize it until it's too late where They've exhausted their material and the crowd doesn't come back, doesn't come back. Next thing you know, they're performing in front of 50 people and they're wondering why. It's because they didn't write or they didn't take it seriously. So um, Pat figured that out really quickly, as I did. And uh, now I, I think Pat is well into his second hour. Well, there's such, there's such different muscles, too, doing 20 minutes versus doing an hour. And the thing that's great about showcase clubs like the comedy store, or the comedy cellar is also a detriment because you're, you're just sitting in those 15 to 20 minute chunks and you can kind of forget, Oh, I need to find a way to cohesively put these things together. The actual secret to that is using those 15 minutes to 20 minute increments to your advantage where you go in on a Tuesday, you do 15 minutes and then you go in on a Wednesday, you do it another 15 minutes so you, you don't do the same 15 minutes every time you go back to the club. You're kind of working it out. By the end of the, by the, end of the week, you've done an hour of new stuff. Uh, you just haven't done it all at once. Pat, you were going to say something? No, I was just going to say that, yeah. That, I mean, almost can, I almost felt that I did have like a light go on. Like I was kicking myself for not using the uh, shows that I was doing with Sebastian 
for the first year, like I gotta be pushing out more stuff. And I remember having a conversation with him and he was, um, you know, cool about it, but was, you know, reminding me, dude, they're not, you don't have to go out there. They're not here to see you go, you know, try stuff, push it out. You gotta, and, um, definitely was like, I was like, yes, I need to always be pushing stuff and taping and listening. And, um, you know, this is, this is the work ethic I was kind of observing. Now I know a lot of, uh, a lot of the older specials for HBO were shot at the Vic theater in Chicago. How important was it to, to shoot your first hour there at the Vic? Well, we wanted it to be Chicago. I don't necessarily think that we were like we're doing this at the Vic um, but we wanted to do it in Chicago we thought that that's where we could kind of capture the most excitement and energy because I'm not a draw on a lot of markets but I think I can get people out here um, and you know I looked at some stuff and Sebastian was um, had been there before and I think that he encouraged me to check out some other specials and it just looked great on camera I mean it really does you got those side boxes and uh, so uh it really made sense and, and it worked out because the way that it's tight in there and people were kind of on top of each other is good energy. So I hope the second, if I do it again and I really want to do a second one, I want to uh -huh. capture that same energy, but in a different city. I think that's <laughs> got to be cool when you could do this in other, other places. What, uh, what kind of advice would either one of you give for a new comic who's trying to, move 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 up in the scene and ingratiate themselves without kind of pestering the headliners or the or the middles who are above them i don't know it's a different world uh, i i came up in 1998 pre any social media platforms and, and any of that uh so for me it was just constantly doing stand-up comedy wherever stand-up comedy was offered um uh, you know, I wasn't, I, there was no likes or views or back then. It was pretty much just go up, do comedy, and, and that's it. Just keep doing it. Um, now, I don't think much has changed in that formula. I think people should still do that and still go out and work on the craft. And if you get good, you will be noticed and people will start to take, um, uh, you'll start to get the attention that you, you deserve. I think a lot of times people are looking for a quick way in and they don't have the material or the experience to kind of back that up. Uh, you've seen it, you know, with, with YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media you're using that these people have, you know, quick little, you know, maybe at one bit or maybe they got five minutes and then when called upon to do, an hour, an hour and a half in a comedy club and people are paying $25, $30 a ticket, you know, they, they, they just can't, they can't deliver. So there's no, there's no substitute for hard work, dedication, and just sticking it out, being patient. And most of all, you have to be funny. There's a lot of people that just think comedy is something to go into because it sounds fun. Or what, I, I've often had this conversation with Pat. Why is comedy like the default? <laughs> right go into like if you're 
an ex-athlete or you're a, a doctor or whatever you are. Like pe- people decide, oh, I'll just be a comedian. It's not like we're sitting over here going, I'm going to go run routes for the Bears <laughs> and, and, and get a shot. It just seems like if you got like a fan base, you could then slip into stand-up and those fans will come and see you do stand-up. But again, it's not something that happens two, three, five, six years. This is something that it, over the course of, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you really start to develop and flourish as a comedian. It's, it's not something that happens right off the bat. I don't know. I mean, Stormy Daniels and Nene Leakes, they've got some jokes, right? <laughs> Jake and, uh, the Snake Roberts is actually hilarious. I don't know if you've seen Jake the Snake. Oh. I, have, I haven't seen him. I have seen Mick Foley. I have seen Mick oh, gosh. Well, yeah. well, I don't know. Is that considered like Foley's just telling stories? It's almost kind of one-man show-ish. Uh, I mean, Roddy Roddy Piper right. for a while used to do it. I, I haven't seen any of that. It's just what you call stand-up comedy, I guess. You know, stand-up comedy to me is a guy going up there – and you know, it's not a Q and A. Not opening it up for discussion. Not <laughs> up on stage. It's like a circus. Some of this shit. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I did just interview Stevo. So yes, it is. <laughs> but he admits to that. I mean, he admits to. Yeah, I mean, it's just like he does you know, stunts. He's an all-out entertainer. Yeah, call it what it is. It's yeah. just comedy is its own kind of breed. You know, the other thing, uh, you know, you're mentioning how different it is now from 1998 is the fact that you can do something like this where you can, I don't know if you self-produced or self-financed this for Pat or how it was put together. But, we, but we, we paired up with Comedy Dynamics, but go ahead. But it's possible to do that, to, to put out your own thing and then put it, just release it out into the marketplace and not rely on waiting on Comedy Central or HBO or Showtime, which is what you had back in 1990. You had to wait for one of those three to, to give you a call. And if they didn't, you were out of luck. Now you, you can do it your own way. Yeah. yeah, I think there's some people that do that. But it's, uh, yeah, it's such a risk, right? Well, but, you, you, you self-deficit the, 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 the hour special. And then, listen, this, this, is not, this is not something we're doing for money here. Uh, this is this is a commercial for live ticketing. So, it, it very rarely do do you get a large check from a streamer unless you're you know the, on the Mount Rushmore of comedy, whether it be you know Dave Chappelle, Jerry Seinfeld, whatever. They got big checks from Netflix. But generally speaking, you know you don't really put this thing out to get rich from it you do it as a calling card so people see it and then go this guy's funny i gotta go see him the next time he's in montana that's basically what we're doing this for it's 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 not uh, and back then i don't know i'm on two cups of coffee sorry i keep talking <laughs> back back then I, when i got on comedy central you put the damn thing up and 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 if it didn't do well the first night you were on the three o'clock slot on a tuesday Tuesday morning and yeah. no one was seeing it. And, and there, you didn't have like the, the platform of a Facebook or anything, even to put clips up of the damn thing. You were just hoping it did well. So you could get some, some, some replays, but now 
not only do you got the platform, but now you got the the uh, the clips. Yeah, the clips where you could you could you could make a splash just with the clips alone. Right. So now the only thing we have to worry about is when live comedy will be live and in person and safe again. So maybe Montana is the trick. Like you said, <laughs> you can go see Pat McGann in Montana. That'd be great. Yeah, hopefully it'll be back sooner than uh, sooner than later because we're craving it. That'll be good for everybody. It'll be good for us. It'll be good for the people that are coming out to see it. Hey, I have a um, two fifteen that I should probably yep. jump on it. Right. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 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 good with you guys. So unless there's right. anything else you wanted to say, I really appreciate it, Sean. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, guys. Fun talking to you. Appreciate it. All right. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks first.